Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. We're almost at the end of June. I'm back in the saddle, as they say. I was out of the office last week. Did you even notice, right? My team did such a great job and, you know, they threw up some graphics and sort of appeared that maybe I was working from remotely. Trying to sometimes. I was on a baseball field in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Maybe I'll cover that a little bit later. Had some great time with the family and also watching my oldest son and his baseball team. So summer baseball, man, it's a lot of fun. But hey, this is not a show about the sports, particularly we might talk about a little bit of sports issues, but we talk about the issues of faith, family and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature and the media. And it's all about the work we do at Texas Values. You can find out more about our work at txvalues.org. If you're watching this on YouTube, like it, subscribe it. Um, you know, you can get more videos from us as we move forward. If you're on Facebook, which is uh, this is broadcasting live, if you're watching it now, I'm going to share it. Uh, the post to my particular feed so we can have a, a lot more people involved in this conversation and get social. Uh, we want you to do that. Comment, put this in some groups, some chats. Let's have a great conversation because we have a great guest today. And if you're not familiar with her, I'd be surprised because she does a lot of media interviews and has gotten a lot of attention across the state of Texas. But this is her first time to be on the Texas Values Report. Myra Flores is a former congresswoman from South Texas. She is the first Mexican-born congresswoman in American history. She uh, is coming off some work as a senior fellow at Texas Public Policy Foundation. She was born and raised in Mexico, but grew up primarily in South Texas, doing work with her family in some great work in some South parts of Texas, but primarily in the cotton fields of Memphis, Texas. We'll let you, her talk a little bit more about her background, but she's burst on the scene as she won a, um, a seat in Congress and had a, a short term for that period, but she made a lot of use of that time when she was in that term and has gone on to be one of the most recognizable voices throughout the state of Texas. Meyer, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate you, it. You bet. Well, you and I have crossed paths here and there, different meetings, definitely throughout the legislative session. I know you were very active in and around the Absolutely. Texas Capitol. So it was great to see you. It was great to see you doing great work and continuing to have an influence on different issues. Um, we want to talk about some really interesting topics, some timely topics. We want to talk about Save Women's Sports, the school choice issue, a little bit about religious liberty. And I know a lot of people have met you before and probably seen some of your media interviews, but since this is the first time that you're on our program, I'd love for you to just tell people a little bit about your background and why you decided to get involved in politics and public policy. Well, Again, thank you for having me and allowing me to be here to share my, my story, my American dream story. Um, and I know that most of us have an American dream story, and I hope that all of you get the opportunity to share it as well. I was born in Burgos, Tamaulipas, Mexico. It's only about three hours away from here, from McAllen, Texas, where I live. And I was blessed to come here to the United States when I was about six years old. My father was an, is an American citizen, so he was able to file for us to come here to the United States. But both my parents were migrant workers, so we did move a lot growing up. We lived six months out of the year. We lived here in South Texas, and six months out of the year, we would go up north in Memphis, Texas, a small town by Amarillo. And I started working alongside my parents since I was 13 years old. I worked in the cotton fields. Uh, we did hoeing uh, for many, many years. But of course, I did not want to do that for the rest of my life. So I continued my education 
I graduated from San Benito, uh, Texas in 2004, went on and became a respiratory care practitioner and worked with the elderly community, worked with pediatrics as well for many years. I'm a proud Border Patrol wife. My husband has been a Border Patrol agent for about 14, 15 years now. And I'm a mother of four. I have two boys and two girls. So, you know, they mean the world to me. And if I was born in Mexico, I was able to come here to the United States and accomplish so much. I want to make sure that our kids also have the same opportunities, are able to accomplish the American dream. People before us fought so hard for us to have the opportunities, the freedoms that we have today. So I feel that I owe that to, to my state, to my country. And I decided to step in because I just felt that we were taken for granted here in South Texas. And I wanted to bring attention to this area. I wanted to bring attention to the border crisis situation. I wanted to bring you know, attention to child sex trafficking, human trafficking, drug trafficking, and so many other issues that affect us Americans every single day. Because yes, I'm Hispanic, we're Latinos, but at the end of the day, we're all Americans, no matter, you know, the color of our skin or where we're from or our parents are from. At the end of the day, we're all Americans. We love this country and it's worth fighting for. Well, and depending who you're around, you might also throw in the the title or category Tejanos, right? I mean, you know, it's just it's so funny. <laughs> I, you know, my dad grew up in South Texas and I don't talk about it a lot in some of the work we do. I'm definitely proud of it. And uh, it, it's something that I always enjoy. And, and it's a big part of who I am. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, but it just kind of sometimes depends on who you're talking to because you'll use those phrases. Like my son's baseball team is Tejas, right? It's a Spanish word for Texas. So, but, you know, listen, your story has a lot of pieces to it, right? When you think about some of the categories, one thing you didn't mention, not that you're, um, it's something you don't talk about, but I think was notable and got a lot of attention or drew a lot of attention to you is not only were you the first Mexican born congresswoman to be elected, you ran as a Republican. You won as a Republican. And I think people, you know, sort of expected that they make assumptions about people that are Hispanic or Latinos that run for office from South Texas. Surely they're Democrats. And all of a sudden someone comes on the scene that's a Republican. And that was indication of a lot of shifting going on in that part of the, the state, if you will, or at least you're in that time period, whether it was through the Trump presidency or others, you know, things that have been going on for many years. Our friend Adrian Pena Garza, others that have been doing work, that have been doing Republican work. And so you saw that get a lot of attention as well. And I think that's been a lot, um, something that's inspired people to say, you know what, I'm like her too. I live down in this area. We're not all the same or we don't all vote Democrat. And so, um, but I think it's allowed you to talk more about it and connect with people and for the for Absolutely. them to see you're about the values though. You're about, you know, about uh, God, about country, about family. And that is something that, you know, you might see people on both sides of the aisle, but a lot of people feel like the Republican Party they've identified more with. And that's indicative of the time period we're in and what's happening in that part of the state. Absolutely. And people tell me all the time, how can you be Republican? Weren't you born in Mexico? And I always respond to, yeah, that's why that's why I'm Republican. <laughs> I'm from Mexico and we're raised very conservative. You know, I was raised to always put God and family first. And those values have been instilled in me since I, since I can remember. And I want those values to live in my children and to live 
many generations. And what I love about our values is that they're American values. That's right. And our values align with the Republican Party, not with the Democrat Party. But we've just been lied to for decades. We've been told on social media, we've been told on these networks that Democrats are the party for the poor, right? That the Democrats care about the Latinos more, that the Democrats care about migrants more, and that the Republican Party is a party of the rich, is a party of white people. You know, the Republican Party doesn't want people like us here. That's what we grew up hearing. And it's a complete lie because I never faced racism until I got elected. All of a sudden, the people that claimed that they were for migrants wanted to send me back to Mexico, right? The the party that claimed that they were for women, all of a sudden were not, you know, supportive of the things that I was fighting for because I didn't fight for those values. But what they don't, what they need to understand is that Hispanics are conservative by nature. That is just who we are. You don't have to convince us to be pro-God, pro-life, pro-family. That is just who we are. It's in our DNA. And the only reason for a long time we had been voting Democrat, and I say myself because I voted Democrat sure. back in 2008, um, it was because we didn't know what each party stood for. But, you know, finally, the Republican Party started, you know, investing, especially in South Texas. And we were able with the funding, we were able to get the message across the, the district. And we flipped Cameron County in the special election. Yeah. And and I tell people all the time, the only reason why we lost you know, our, our re-election was because of redistricting, because prior to we would have won that that election. Um, we made but we still made huge gains, even though they made uh, our re-election four times harder because it went from a Biden four to a Biden 15. We still had one of the biggest overperformance in the, in the state. We overperformed by eight points. So now the district is not a D15 anymore. Now it's back in the single digits again. So that just shows how, how much work we put in and we planted a seed. And I know that in 24 and 26 and 28, we're going to start, we're going to see the fruit, right? Of the hard work. And it's not time for us to back down. It's time for us to keep on pushing. No, I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of momentum and a lot of it is issue based while the elections matter and there are some significant differences in the parties. The things that are driving those differences so much are about the issues. And I think there are a lot of things that you and I have in common. My family's been in Texas for five generations, but that doesn't mean I haven't had some of the same experiences, right? I, I worked with my dad growing up in the, the work that he was in and the blue collar work that he was in at a young age, even before I was a teenager, right? You know, was one of the, my sisters and I were the, uh, the first from our families to go to college. I'm the first lawyer in my family. Um, other than my uncle, I'm, you know, one of the few Amazing. with an advanced degree, but the hard work was a part of it. But so Absolutely. were those common sense, fundamental values of church, of service, of respecting and loving our country, loving our state, being proud of, of who you are and, and hard work paying off. Right. And so we see these issues and you've talked a little bit about this. We've worked on this the issues of religious liberty, but also the issue of save women's sports. You look at the Democratic Party, they care more about the drag queens and about the transgender athletes than they do about the migrants anymore or the border or some of those issues or education, right? And so 
That dominated the legislative session in many ways, right? And, and I think it's interesting, your trajectory, right? Your background, but also some of the things you've been able to accomplish recently. Athletics is a big part of young women being able to have success moving forward. As a matter of fact, over 90% of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies that are female have a competitive high school or collegiate athletic background. And to see men now trying to compete and, and not trying to, oftentimes doing that, taking away spots. It's been so wonderful to see uh, young women like yourself, leaders come forward and say, this isn't right. No, you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Honestly, the issue that you're talking about, it's just common sense. What is the point of having women's sports if we're going to allow biological men play in, in women's sports? There's, there's no point of us having women's sports when we're going to allow that. And that's the reason why we have women's sports. I don't have anything against, you know, the... LGBTQ, how they live their life, um, but they, it's just not fair, it's not right that they come in into our spaces, where's our privacy, right? I believe that they need to have their own space, just like women do. We have women's sports, we need to um, work on creating um, a sports or a category for, for them, but protecting women in our spaces that we work so hard for us to have, right? We, for a long time, did not have women's sports and women before us fought hard for us to have all these rights and then to just allow biological men come in and take that away from us. It's just not right. It's not right for our children. It's not right for future generations. And a lot of mothers out there, if you have daughters, you need to be on the front line on this issue. And just because it's not impacting you right now or your daughter right now, eventually it's going to impact your loved one. So sometimes just because it's not impacting us, it doesn't mean that we don't care. Like, no, we need to all care about this issue because it affects all of us. And if it's not affecting us right now, eventually it will. No, I agree. We we produced these signs that we used in some of our events, also at the Capitol. This one's signed by Riley Gaines. We know she's a competitive swimmer from the University of Kentucky. She went to the Capitol here in Texas. She's been to other state legislatures. She was forced to compete against a biological male in swimming. She actually tied him. They, the NCAA gave, uh, NCAA gave him the trophy. This is an, an athlete, Will Thomas, calling himself Leah Thomas, who's from Texas. He was on the boys swim team in Westlake High School, west of Austin. Um, but you've got other issues, right? You've got sororities now that are facing this. Men that want to be able to go into the girls' locker room whenever they want. We just worked on an issue up in Fort Worth this week where you've got girls that want to change their sex or whatever they want to change socially so they can compete in the boys' choir. I mean, we're going to see this touch a lot of different areas. We had success on that issue uh, this week, but we're going to see a lot of different fronts. And a lot of that centers around these people that they can't even define what a woman is. It's 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 absurd. But these things are common sense. Uh, I, I talked a little bit about education opportunities. Let's talk about school choice. You know, the rumor is if it's if you can even call it a rumor. I mean, it's fairly a certainty. Governor Abbott's going <laughs> to call a special session on school That's choice. Right. I hear later in the summer, maybe September. I know that's an issue you've been very passionate about. Tell us why that issue means so much to you. Well, I want every parent to be able to decide what's best for their children. You know, I, I grew up in the public school and I had wonderful schools. My children also go to the public schools and they have great schools, but that's not the case in every 
um, every part of the of the state, right? And I believe that this will improve and help the public schools at the same time. But at the end of the day, for me, it's about the parents. It's about parent empowerment. And it's about time that parents have the right to decide what is the best education for their children. They're, our children do not belong to Texas. Our children do not belong to the government. Our children belong to us. And I feel that you know our, our government is gaining more and more and more control of our children. And if we're not careful, eventually they'll take away our children if we don't support certain issues like it's happening in California, in the state of Washington, well, where they will take away the custody of your child if you don't support gender ideology or your child transitioning. These are things that are happening. And I know that, you know, this issue, we're talking about school choice, but if we allow them to take one thing, eventually they'll start taking more and more and more away from us. No, you're absolutely right. It, It And people will say that, oh, that's a a slippery slope. I mean, we're way beyond a slippery slope. It's like a downward slide and a drop like a rock. I mean, these things are seem to be happening overnight. We had to pass a bill this session to make sure that drag queens could not do sexual shows in front of kids. I mean, we got to put a stop to a lot of this stuff because there are a lot of uh, things that are at risk and and we've gone, you know, way beyond way left of, of common sense. Your mother tell you have four kids. What are their ages? So my oldest is John. He's 17. He's actually going to be a senior. He should be uh, graduating um, this coming year. Jaden is in seventh grade. He's going on, actually, he's going on eighth grade now. Uh, my Bay is uh, going to fourth grade. And Milani is going to second grade. So I have a full, have a full house. I hey, I'm right there with you. Kids, I got a senior too. Elementary, middle school, and high school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my youngest is, is 13, my daughter, but uh, but my oldest is he's going into a senior year. And so this is our, you know, our first that's going through this process and seeing everything. And it's a lot of fun. But Me I'm also too. like we were, you know, doing something over the summer and the kids were kind of, you know, debating, I'll say, with each other. And uh, and my oldest said, well, I'll be gone next year. You won't have to put up with me. I was like, whoa, that's true. He's going to be out of the house in a year. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but, but it's a lot to think about too, and reflect on our responsibility as parents, you know, have we done what we need to do to make sure they're going into a culture and sort of out of that, you know, bubble or, or that space that we've created for them to go out and find out what, what's important to them and, and to become, uh, you know, the new set of leaders. Uh, and sometimes it can, you know, produce some anxiety. Uh, I would love to hear, you know, and I love to hear about your husband serving in, in Border Patrol. And but you've been doing your own service. You you spent some time with TPPF during the session. Um, you know, how's your family reacted or kind of, you know, seeing you do all these great leadership things? I mean, what's it been for like for them to see mom in action? Well, honestly, they they've been the most supportive uh, kids. I thank God every day for that because you know it's difficult not being home uh, sometimes but they understand they understand uh, why it's important for me to uh, be in Austin or why it's important for me to be in in Washington I do take the time to explain to them uh, because we we think they don't know but they do <laughs> they do they oh, yeah. um, they're, they're very they're very smart so I, I sit them down I explain to them everything um, and they're very supportive, you know, not a day goes by that, you know, my kids, if I'm away, they're always telling me, thank you, mom, for everything that you do. You're the best mom. And 
honestly, when I have their love and support, that's all I need at the end of the day. That gives me, you know, the strength. Because sometimes I do have that, you know, guilt mother, you know, and I'm sure all moms listening understand, you know, we feel bad not being home. But, you know, that I, I stop myself and I say, no, I do it for them. Um, and I right. do it for our kids. And I do it for the grandkids that I don't have now. <laughs> but I know that I will one day. And I do it for them, thinking of them. I want them to have an amazing country to grow up into, just like, you know, I did, right? None no, of it's absolutely right. Were, were and, you know, with the things that are happening these days, it is important for parents to find a way to balance the roles that you have to play at home, the responsibilities you have, but also to be a voice and to be present out in society, to make a difference, to stand up for things that are right, to make sure our kids continue to have a, a government that respects our churches and our religious freedom and a government that respects parental rights, because our kids are in these environments as well. You know, not only, and it doesn't just mean something for our kids. We care about the other kids too, the other families. We want to make sure that they're protected. And so I'm right there with you and mm -hmm. balancing some of those things. Um, my kids have been to the Capitol several times and been involved and, uh, you know, they enjoy it sometimes, but sometimes they also know if they're going up there with me, they've got to get some work done. But, you know, <laughs> they also they also appreciate, hey, you want to get something Absolutely. done and get your message across. Uh, they have a you know, they have a good idea uh, about how to do it. So look out for my daughter, though. If any of them are going to run for office, it's probably going to be her. We'll see. Uh, you never know. It. They they change things sometimes. <laughs> But I appreciate all the work you do. And it was such a joy to see you from time to time at meetings during this legislative session. I know you're just getting started in many ways, though, because once you <laughs> get a sense of what you can do, uh, I know Absolutely. you've got a lot more to offer. So we're going to look to see what you're going to do. We're going to be spending some time in South Texas. Pastor Jorge Torvar is a part of our church ambassador network down in South Texas, and we've oh, done some wow. events down there. So maybe we can uh, team up soon. But I just want to say Absolutely. God bless you for all that you've done. You're such a wonderful representative for Texas for young women and for people across our country. And so in such a success story. So we thank Myra Flores, former God congressman from South Texas for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Myra. Thank you. All right, I've got a few minutes left and I've got some important updates. I've been wanting to do this show with Myra for a long time. So I'm glad she, uh, she pulled it off and uh, was able to make some time. If you didn't get to see the whole show, go back and review it. And again, put it in some different social media uh, places like this. Uh, subscribe, hit the little bell or whatever on YouTube if you're watching it there. We need to have more of these conversations. And people need to continue to see really the diverse background that people come from that are involved in Texas values, involved and care about faith, family, and freedom. Um, and that's how we'll continue to be effective at this work. Uh, speaking of being effective, all right, in order for us to do the work we do, we need your financial support. We're coming up against up on our fiscal year end deadline. All right. Our uh, our budget goes from July 1st to June 30th. So June 30th tomorrow. Okay? So at midnight tomorrow night, we have to have a certain amount of money raised, a little over $2 million. Okay. Our budgets collectively between the two organizations we have are $2 million. And we're behind. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we had wanted to have a lot more raise at this point. That is not the case. We need to raise um, a little bit more than 250000 before the end of the day tomorrow. That's a lot of money to raise, okay? Maybe some things are coming into the mail. Go to our website right now, txvalues.org. We've got a matching grant in place. All donations up to $150,000 will effectively be matched through our matching challenge grant. 
Um, and so that'll get us there. All right. If, if we max that out, we have enough donors, if you will, enough supporters, enough ministry friends on our website and on our email list that have supported us before. And even some that haven't, that if everybody gave a little bit, if everybody gave 25, 50, maybe even a hundred, we'll, we're going to be fine, but everybody's got to play a part. You got to step up and you got to make a decision. Okay. Um, we do the work. We don't make a decision. We made that decision a long time ago. Okay. When we came to work here, I made that decision a long time ago when I started Texas Values and became the founder of this group. I made that decision a long time ago when I was a student at the University of Houston and I had to sue my law school to protect the free speech and religious liberty rights of the pro-life group I was leading because the university was treating us differently than the pro-abortion groups, all right? I know what it's like to sacrifice, all right? I put my law career in the mix of that, okay? It was in the balance. They were kicking kids out of school or threatening to kick kids out of school. The university was putting a lot of pressure. We dwindled down to one member, me. That was it, okay? Because everybody else got scared, all right? So I know what it's like to sacrifice, but I also know what it's like to make a decision to do this work. And that's why I enjoy doing it every day. And I have for close to 20 years, I've been working in this field. But everybody has to play a part. You might be able to make a $10,000 donation, all right? Come to our office, give us a check. Drop it in the mail today. Just make sure it's dated by June 30th and we'll be fine. And um, Or you might want to go online. You might want to do a stock donation, right? Donor advised fund. Go to advanced giving or enhanced giving, different ways to give on our website, txvalues.org. Maybe you've got a vehicle, a car, a boat, RV, something. We have a service we work through that will sell those vehicles, process it. A donation comes to us. There's a variety of ways that you could support us financially, but we're running out of time. All right. And, and look, I mean, what do you want to do? Do you want to invest in victories? Do you want to return on your investment? I think so. You look at some of the work we've done over 10 years, it's absolutely incredible. And I'm not saying that to brag. I, it's a blessing, you know? All right. It looks like I'm about one minute left. I guess the clock that I'm looking at is different than the one as far as the amount of time. You want to save women's sports? You need to donate today. You want to keep drag queens from performing in front of your kids with Senate Bill 12 that we helped pass? You got to donate. That, that's how it works, okay? Supporting a ministries and organizations like ours that are nonprofit and tax deductible, that's the way things get done. But I can't sugarcoat it to you. If um, In order for us to continue to be effective, we never everybody to step up. TXValues.org. Make that donation today. And tell your friends about it. Post on social media. Forward some of our emails. We have a lot of work to do in the next two days, and we need your help to make sure we can protect more families, kids, and babies through our pro-life, pro-family work. But if you all come together with us and you make that sacrifice, you make that support and donation together, that's how we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.